Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how have you been? I am fabulous. It's Friday. I can't believe that the Bears won yesterday. Some preseason basketball, Matt. I don't know if you tuned in. I think the Mavericks played yesterday. We got the Lakers playing tomorrow, so stuff's starting to come along, and the Dodgers play Saturday, so I am doing fantastic. I think this is the one time of the year where you get to watch baseball playoffs, football, and you get to dip into basketball as well. That makes me miss the 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 bubble or that the twenty twenty season. Unfortunately, we had to go through a pandemic, but basketballs, all three sports, football and baseball on the same day. That was that was crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it, you, it's this is a crazy time of year because you get to watch all three. Um, you're right. The Mavericks and the Timberwolves did play re- re- really crazy day. Are there any bets you're going to make this this weekend? I'm a little behind. The only bet that hit yesterday is I picked two guys to have sacks, and they did. So because I took the the, the command, I want to say the Nationals, but the Commanders to win, and uh, that didn't work out. So I I don't know, Matt. I don't want to bet on the Dodgers because then they'll lose. But I'm gonna bet on the Dodgers just because it gives makes it a little bit fun. I'm gonna watch that. Um, I'm not sure about basketball in the preseason, but you know what that tells me, Matt. That the people in Vegas are not sure about basketball in the preseason, so that might be a little bit easier to win there if it's harder to predict. So I might make a, I might make a bet on the Lakers. So I could, I'll probably tune in for that. And then of course football, man. I'm always making bets. I've made two, three hundred bucks with silly parlays every other week. So I'm slowly stacking up that bank account for our Vegas trip because <laughs> without that money, <laughs> we'd be staying at the at the what the Tropicana and probably eating like at the Taco Bell Cantina. So slowly and surely it's looking like it's going to be a better and better trip. Should be fun in December. They haven't released the times for that, for that game we're going to attend on Thursday. I wish they did. I wish they did because I can kind of plan around it a little bit better, but regardless, that's where we're at. Uh, that, 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 um, Bears game yesterday, you mentioned before we started that you had DJ Moore going against you. I have Justin Fields in two leagues, and I decided to tape. After last <laughs> week, I'm done with Justin Fields, and he proceeded to have, like, 30 points. Wait, was he your starter? Teams. Did you stick with him until, um, yes, until like, right before yesterday, and then you benched Correct. him? Correct. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, it's his last game. Good game will be against the against the Broncos, and then I can kind of just ride off to Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud territory. But he decides to go crazy. I think it was the Chase, the Chase Claypool thing where Chase Claypool was maybe holding him back. So, yeah, now that Chase Claypool this morning was traded to the Miami Dolphins, they have another receiver to add to their core of crazy receivers. So, um, hopefully without him there, Justin Fields can kind of be more loose and do well the rest of this fantasy season. Uh, But this is basketball as religion. This isn't football as religion. Let's move to our topics for today. Um, since our last podcast, Drew Holiday was traded to the Boston Celtics. Uh, we recorded our Hoop Bar pod a couple days ago. It's online on YouTube.com. Our shorts are on TikTok or on Instagram on YouTube shorts. But since you were hosting, you, we really didn't get the Gonz's full take on Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics. Uh, what were your thoughts on Drew Holiday to the Celtics? Let's start, start off with that. I think it's a great move, Matt. Um... It's funny, I didn't give my thoughts, and I actually think this 
puts Boston right there with Milwaukee. I know you guys all believe that Milwaukee has the edge, but man, what I know about Drew Holiday through um through through watching Big Perk yesterday on ESPN NBA Insider, guy very professional, the leadership qualities, comes into the locker room, works out harder than anyone else, plays hard, like he's the all around guy you want on your team, no drama. I mean, this this is exactly what the Celtics can need. They need someone that could just... This is better than Marcus Smart because he's more talented. And he's a better defender than Marcus Smart. I think everyone's hyping up Marcus Smart a little bit. Um, With that being said, I I think it's a great move. I think they're right up there with the Bucs. I think either one of them could win it. I'm I'm not... Because of that move, I think they're right there. That's how I'll put it. Before I would have given the edge to the Milwaukee Bucks, but not anymore. Wait, not anymore. So it's like they're neck and neck. You think neck and neck, bro? It? Neck and neck. And yes, Brown struggled in the playoffs. He had trouble with his handles. A couple games over how many playoffs has he done well? I think we're being a little hard on him for that. Um, and again, you got a healthy Tatum now. It's it's just gonna. The team's monstrous, and Tatum's on his way up. His stock is going up. I think it's going to be a really good season for them. Uh, I think they may even have the edge over Milwaukee because we don't know how Dame is going to adapt to Giannis. We don't know. We're assuming they're a match made in heaven. But I'll tell you what, sometimes the hottest guy and the hottest girl don't make a good couple, Matt. Sometimes you need you know, an average-looking girl with a good-looking guy. Yeah, like we didn't really touch much on Jason Tatum. Um, he is improving steadily uh, throughout his career. So do you kind of see him potentially becoming a, an MVP candidate this upcoming season? Yes, this will be his season. He's almost there, and he will be there. He puts in work. That's it. Matter of fact, he puts in work. So I see him elevating his – I mean, his handles got so much better. He was never really considered a guard. And then he started working on dribbling, and now you can see him – Crossing over, Euro stepping, penetrating the, with the ball. At this point, I think he's all around. Now he just needs to key in on a little bit of everything, and he'll be definitely MVP candidate. Yeah, also, um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts over the past week. Um, we were very generous to the, to the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, on our end, how how they're, uh, they're really going to be impossible to stop, which I still kind of agree on, but then... Boston still has a lot of um, NBA experts are very high on Derek White too. So pairing Drew Holiday and Derek White in the backcourt, getting rid of Brogdon. Um, What are your thoughts on uh, Derek White, Drew Holiday backcourt? Do you think that could be a a top flight backcourt in the league? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think everyone's, I don't, even with Paul George, and I don't know if it's just a clip or hate, the guy's a lockdown defender. He gets a couple injuries and people start looking at defense. Drew Holiday is a lockdown defender. There are not many of those in the league. Do you agree that he's a lockdown defender? Oh, of course. He's one of the top point of attack defenders, if not the best. Okay, so then like it'd be comparing us to having one of the best offensive players or offense one-on-one players. But because it's defense, it's not being talked about or taken for granted. At the end of the day... 
Drew Holiday could be more valuable than Dame Lillard if a team if a team needed that retro that attribute in the in the game, team game. Because Dame is a liability on defense, so it's again I think it's a great pickup. I think it puts them right there. Maybe even gives them the edge, um, you know. But I'll I'll just say they're they're evenly matched right now, um, and, and White is fantastic. I think he's going to do well as well. Let's move on from the from the Celtics to the Western Conference. It's an absolutely loaded Western Conference. Uh, the betting side's odds to win the West are as follows in order. The Nuggets, the Suns, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans. Not making the playoffs in order of the betting sites. Sacramento, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, uh, the Jazz, uh, the Rockets, the Trailblazers, and San Antonio Spurs. Now, it, it's just absolutely, it's absolutely loaded because the teams that are not making the playoffs, all the teams honestly have pieces, have something going for them this upcoming season. If Sacramento was a top three seed last season, like, and they have, betting sites have them not making the playoffs. Minnesota, even though they have Gobert and there was an issue there, they still have Anthony Edwards, one of the most, if not the most exciting player in the league. Oklahoma City has so many pieces, including the shade Gildress Alexander. SGA might be a top five player in the league this upcoming season. Utah had a resurgence last season. Laurie Markinen led that team almost to the playoffs, and we didn't expect much from them last season, and they were surprising. So maybe we'll see what happens with them this season. Houston has Scoot Henderson and a lot of young pieces. Shane Kuhn. That's going to be crazy. Portland just made that trade, and you have them with Scoot. I'm sorry. Houston has, um, not Scoot Henderson, but um, they have uh, Jalen Green, a lot of pieces there. Portland has Scoot Henderson, and now DeAndre Ayton. They have some pieces. And then San Antonio has Victor Victor Wenbanyama. So the Western Conference is loaded. So let me ask you this, Gons. Out of those top eight teams that I mentioned that are, are per the betting sites that are going to make the playoffs, who is not going to make the playoffs? And I'll follow up, of course, with the obvious a second question. But out of those top eight, Memphis, who is, who Memphis, is not, Memphis, 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 Memphis. Why Memphis? Because one, Zion is in shape and looking godly, like a gladiator, like a Greek god. He is unstoppable if he's in shape. Good luck guarding him. Good for you. I've been talking so much crap on you, and you finally did it. I'm happy for you, Zion. And with that team, that's going to be, they're going to make the playoffs. Dallas. Every offseason, Luka's in Europe smoking that Luka. Eating that falafel. Not this summer. Yoked. He's already a Hall of Famer right now if he ended his career, I'd say. Have we ever seen an in-shape Luka? No. They're going to make the playoffs. Only person out of that list I don't see making the playoffs is Memphis because there's uncertainty. Is Marcus Smart going to be your hero? Is he going to be the leader that can come in and make an impact? I don't know. Yet to be seen. Sure, he hustles hard on the court. He plays hard, but I don't know. I know he makes some questionable decisions and he's Draymond Mead Green-like in terms of getting technical fouls. I don't know that the Morant's not going to mess up again. Is he going to hang out with his old crew? 
Is he going to get suspended for half a season? Is he going to get hurt the way he plays? I don't think it's sustainable. Knock on wood. Don't want him to get hurt. Too many question marks. Matt, um, that is why I made that decision to take Memphis out. I can see that. Especially with John Moran missing the first 25 games of the season. Um, I picked them to be my sleeper out of the West. So that's not, I don't necessarily agree with your take, but I can see a reasoning behind it. Um, for me, getting rid of Dylan Brooks will be very, will be very key for Memphis to make, because they were the number two seed last season. Yeah, but wh- why don't you think Dylan Brooks was a part of that? Why? Because he talked crap to LeBron James? Because he talks crap? I mean, the dude, you don't agree with me that he was an impactful player? although he had struggles shooting, that he's valuable? Like, you wouldn't take him on the Lakers for a vet min? No. He is... I, I think... I, I could be wrong on this because we'll see this upcoming season. I don't view... I view him as kind of a cancer in the locker room. Like, he'll bring bad vibes. Like, I hate to use that word. But he just brings a kind of a bad bad karma to your team with all that dancing and all that pruning. He's not an all-star player to be able to do that. Yes, he's a good defender. I'll give you that. He's a solid defender. But, like, for me, it's addition by subtraction. As Laker fans, we saw that last season with Russell Westbrook. Uh, once he kind of left the team, we added some more pieces. The Lakers went on a run. With with the Grizzlies, you get that pre- get that presence out of the locker room. You add a Marcus Smart, who's been through the who's been through the ringer, who's been through playoff battles. We'll see if he could be a positive. Like he, he can be a negative. Um, impact on on the team but he could potentially be that veteran presence that they're missing they only really they really only had steven adams this past season so adding a marcus smart who's been there who's he could be the veteran in the locker room i could see where memphis would you know would, would do better uh, or would be better off without dylan brooks upcoming season plus you still have jaron jackson jr you still have da- um bain still improving too they're still young as well so i kind of don't see them falling out of the top eight um, I think with Zion, you kind of have to prove it. Like, yes, he comes in the off season. Yes, he's in shape. Yes, he, we've seen the videos, we've seen the interviews. But can he maintain it during the season? Like, with his frame, like, can we trust that he's going to play a full eighty-two? Because when we saw when he left the team because of injury, Brandon Ingram couldn't carry them to the playoffs. He got to the oh, last game of the. He was playing, phenomenal but he in getting them to the playoffs. He was incremental. And he had some really good playoff games. I mean, they didn't win. Is that what you're saying that he couldn't? No, no. The, the New Orleans didn't even get to the playoffs last season. They lost in that last game. Uh, to, so okay, I think you know what it was that towards him. It was incremental in him making a run to get there because he he was balling for a minute. I think there was a stretch of 15 games where he was putting up close to 29 points and uh, maybe 10 rebounds with like five assists. Yeah, st- stats are great, but they were the, the with Zion. They were the top team in the West. Then Zion got hurt; they fell all the way back down. So, am I going to trust Zion? Like, I need to see it from Zion to get to the to to, to get all the way through a season with his frame. But what and about maybe he, CJ McCollum? Yeah. What I mean, and you got. I feel like they have enough still, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, pr- prove it to me, Zion, that you can get through it. Like yes, you come in at it, you come in in shape, but then during the season when it gets kind of lull, are you gonna you know 
not be as disciplined. I just need to see it once. Show me that you can get through a season without being hurt or being without getting injured and having to trust Brandon Ingram to kind of carry you through the season. You, you have to be the guy. You have to be the next one in line. Like he has to make he has to make the All Star team again, but also make an All NBA team. Just prove it to me, Zion. I mean, and then secondarily, if if in your instance Memphis is going to fall off, I would actually pick the Clippers, but we can kind of get there later. Um, who is not making? Who is going to make the playoffs out of Sacramento, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, um, or Utah? I mean, if you want to choose Houston, Portland, or San Antonio, you can. No, no, but. no, no. No Houston, no Portland. San Antonio will play well. Um, they'll get ratings, but no. Minnesota, Anthony Edwards is just a one-on-one guy. Don't see it. Sacramento, maybe. Who's my pick? OKC. SGA is, like you said, top five. I'm a fan of his, man. He is phenomenal. He can get hot. And if he has, I think... I think that the unique thing about the OKC roster is he has a lot of people around him that can play. They're not necessarily stars, um, but they're young. And I think they would, they would be my next bet um, to make that playoff spot. And then I would go with Sacramento right after them. What about you? Yeah. OKC is just dangerous because yes, they're still young, but SGA, he might be better than Luca. Like that might be in my hot take heading into his upcoming season. Last year, he did. He, as far as all NBA wise, he was better than Luca, but this season that could absolutely solidify it. He did great in, in FIBA as well. I know you don't put a lot of stock in FIBA uh, for Canada. Um, he did really well. So this upcoming season for him to get into the playoffs and to lead them there with SGA or with uh, yeah with SGA leading you know, Giddy and and Chet Chet Holmgren, um, the Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, and all of them. It's going to be interesting to see if he could actually lead them to the playoffs. I think they're going to fall short this season. Again, maybe one more season for them to marinate. The Sacramento Kings, I, I know David had mentioned this in our Hoop Bar pod a few, week, a few weeks ago, but they're still underrated. Um, they got to the third seed last season. I know they lost to the Golden State in the first round of the playoffs, but Sacramento still underrated in my – if they're – prognosticated to not make the playoffs, and then they were the third seed. Regular season, they were great. Um, De'Aaron Fox is still underrated, even though he did make the play. He's still underrated in the eyes of the media. Same with DeMontis Sabonis. Yes, Sabonis had a bad playoffs, but regular season, those two were crazy. So just another year of chemistry there. I, I think they would make the playoffs over Oklahoma City, in, in, in my view. Let's move on to our next topic. Um, you mentioned on the Hoop Bar pod... Um, that was reported earlier this week, uh, that you miss the days of duos or teams staying together. What duo or teams do you wish had stayed together? Uh, that's a good question. Um, current, so you're saying current NBA, right? Um, no, that could be past NBA too. I have a, my past and that mine's past NBA or in the past. There's so many good ones. Um, one of my favorites was Tim Hardaway in morning. I thought that was fun. Um, now yeah, that... what happened to that team, right? It's like they had they were the top seed in the '99 playoffs when when when, when uh, in that short strike shortened season. Tim Hardaway, um, Alonzo Mourning, PJ Brown. Yeah, that was a solid. That was for Sean London. That was a solid team. What happened to them? 
I don't know. But yeah, Vashon Leonard, I remember him. Um, I think even Haslam may have been a rookie at that point. Uh, they're a good one, man. Um, I don't remember what happened to them. I think Tim Hardaway just had too many issues with a knee, and that's why that group kind of fell apart. Uh, honestly, like, I thought Lob City was a lot of fun, um, and I thought that was the best chance the Clippers had to win a championship um, or a Western Conference championship or just to just to change the the way they're viewed, right? That was it. You had Chris Paul, DeAndre, Blake Griffin. You had shooters. You had a coach. Everything was set. Um, I, I, I'm again. That was a fun group. I'm sad to see that Kobe Bryant, Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, and Shaquille O'Neal can work out. I feel like if they gave that group a little bit more time. That would have been an epic team with countless championships, in my opinion. Right? Like, unfortunately, Nick Van Exel had to do the one, two, three, count. Yeah, so, and then Eddie that went of, after yeah. that. But, dude, I mean, Eddie Jones was your defender, right? He's your lockdown guy. Nick Van Exel was your herky jerky scoring point guard. Um, and then you had Kobe, who was on the come up. All four of them were all stars that year, and they just gonna keep it together so that's my most regretful one as a laker fan that would yeah and nick only got better like he did he got better eddie jones kind of fell off the wagon there he went to miami had an okay season not what we thought he'd be um and then kobe and Shaq, we know their story yeah like eddie jones you, you look about i think we might have mentioned this in a previous pod as well but eddie jones essentially they traded him for glenn, for glenn rice uh, to get another shooter for the Lakers in that 2000 season. Like, would you have, well, 1999 season, would you have made that trade? Thinking, no, you know, Glenn Rice hindsight? sucked. I remember that. I thought we were going to get a shooter that's going to put up 20 a game. Glenn Rice would have maybe 14, 15 points a game every three, four games. Um, and he struggled as much as he shot well. I I, I remember that because I love to shoot, and I was psyched, and Glenn Rice was disappointing. He did nothing that what he had done on Charlotte, he didn't bring any of that to the Lakers. So um, I would have kept Eddie Jones in a heartbeat. And, and 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 not to harp on the Lakers, but I feel like organically, I feel like the Lakers make great picks, whatever GM it is. But what happens is they're not patient and they trade their organic picks. And this has been throughout the last 20 years. And I don't want to go on this on this tandem, but I mean, even players like Josh Hart um, go back to, you know, players like that. They may have acquired during the trade, but they didn't give him a chance. Karan Butler. Um, I table that because I, I want to talk about that, but let's go into a bigger detail. Let's wait till next podcast on that one, because I like to do a little bit more research on that. And because, yeah, it's the, the history of Laker draft picks. Let's table that because I want to talk about that some more in, more in depth. Um, you, you talked about the Lob City Clippers. Um, uh, this is another aside to our topic here. Um, Lob City Clippers versus the Kawhi and Paul George Clippers. Which team did you like better? 
I like the Lob City Clippers, man. I feel like they had uh, well around. I, who was the shooter? Was it Piatkowski or was it Redick? I think it was Redick at that point. Yeah, Piatkowski. Yeah, and you're going back yeah, to the nineties. Yeah, it was JJ Redick. <laughs> yeah, no. no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no. With with JJ, dude, JJ Redick and those three, and I think they had a decent bench. Um, that was a good team. That team should have won. They had their chance. They blew it against that Utah Houston team. James Harden had had of course given up, and then it was Corey Brewer scoring like fifteen points in the fourth quarter off the bench. I felt so bad for them um, in that game against Houston, and they blew it in Game Seven um, in, in that in that series when they could have made it to the finals. But yeah, they they had they had, they had dethroned the Sac- uh, Sac- uh, San Antonio Spurs, the reigning defending champions that season. So yeah, the Lob City Clippers over the Paul George. Kawhi Leonard Clippers for sure. But I think Fajita would agree. With, with that said, the Clippers this year, Paul George is healthy. Kawhi is healthy. I think they're going to be a force. Prove it. Like another, uh, t- the same thing with Zion. Like Kawhi Leonard, prove prove it. You can get through a season playing sixty something games. Same with Paul George. Prove it to me that he could actually do. But it isn't it crazy that we saw Kawhi for just the playoffs last year, and he picked up a ball and just started balling out. Like everywhere, like shooting three, just everything. It was there. Yeah, and then he stopped, and then he was out again. So it's like, yes, he was good for when he was there, but why can't he be there more consistent? This, I guess, in the off season, he had said during media day he had torn his ACL, but yeah. kind of be more transparent with that as opposed to like, oh no, I'm not playing because I'm hurt. Like, if you had known that you had torn your ACL and it was that serious, then. Maybe throw us a bone and let us know so we're not speculating about your injury, right? So if he was just a little bit more, or, I mean, he's the, he's potentially the poster child now of this, you know, not player empowerment, but more of like this uh, resting era, the, what, what, what do you call it? Or where players are resting just because they needed a day off. So he's, he's the poster child of that, but he kind of, he, he just needs to be more transparent with, with the media and with, with the fans. Well, I'll tell you um, what, I he's just, not going to play a whole lot this season. See, and that's the thing. Like, why not? Because he just had a really serious knee surgery. And with NBA's policies, even though they came out with all this stuff, they made it clear that, hey, if you just had some type of surgery, like if you had what he had, then we're going to be lenient. Yeah, they'll be lenient out of the playoffs because they're not playing. He's, it's just him and Paul George. Who else, who else do you have on that team as far as, like, Russell Westbrook on $4 million a Hey, year? man, you're forgetting they, about Terrence Mann. Oh, oh, Terrence Mann, who they don't want to trade for James Harden. So, yeah, if they don't play, they're not making the playoffs. They have to play 60, what about 65, 70 games. Zubac's oh, Congratulations. Solid. That's great. They need to play 65, 70 games to make the playoffs. That's all I got to say because the Clippers, oh, boy. Let's move on. We're, 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 we're running out of time here. Let's move on to the Golden State Warriors um, the, they lost to the Lakers um, in the second round of the playoffs this past season. A lot of that contributed to the um, Draymond Green versus Jordan Poole kind of feud they had, where Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole um, in a pra- in the preseason practice. I think we just celebrated the one year anniversary of that, um, and that kind of derailed their season. It's, cra- it's crazy that 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 derailed their season, but then they were really close to beating the Lakers in the last playoffs. Um, on the Pablo Torre Finds Out podcast, it was revealed that Jordan Poole, what Jordan Poole said to Draymond Green, that led to Draymond punching Poole. Poole allegedly said, you're an expensive backpack for 30. You're an expensive backpack for 30. 
expensive, like Draymond making a bunch of money. Backpack for 30, meaning that Steph is carrying Draymond. Like, is Steph really carrying Draymond, or is it more of a mutual kind of relationship there? Absolutely not. I think Draymond was like the assist leader for a good amount of time. The man can pass. Now, if you don't value passing, and you don't value rebounds, and you don't value defensive plays, defensive game, then sure. But just because he doesn't score doesn't mean he's not worth the money. Now, would I have paid for that money? Now that he's getting older, would I give him what he's getting paid? Right now? Nope, absolutely not. But if he was with me like he was on the Warriors and he's getting older, I'd give the man his money because he's earned it. He's been with that team and he's done so much, put his body through so much, taken him, been a part of so many championship and playoff teams. Yeah, he deserves it. Um, so, you know, maybe Poole deserved getting punched. No, like him saying that, are, are, are you sure that he is, like, in your opinion, if he had, if you're a German Green and Plus did that to you, would, would, is that enough for him to, uh, for you to punch him? I'm not a violent guy, so I'd say no, but we've seen Draymond Green lose his marbles for a lot less in a game. Um, so it was a bad move on his part because look what it created. Like, it kind of eliminated him from, like, you know, not just that. Of course, the Clay Thompson injury was huge, right? Back to back injuries. But um, now that he's gone and Clay's healthy, and I've been watching a lot of summer uh, like workout videos with uh, I I just saw one recently where Clay and Kevin Love pulled up to a gym and they're playing against each other. But Clay just took over, and I get it; it's not an NBA game, but he looks good in terms of the shots he was taking. Very difficult shots that he was just swishing. I I, I again in my eyes, I think they're a contender in the West. Yeah, Jordan Poole, essentially what happened was that last season, Jordan Poole got his extension, um, big extension last season. For I don't know the exact number, but he got a big extension. And then Draymond Green, that was pretty much planned to be his final season, being with the Warriors because they were giving a lot of money to, to Steph, a lot of money to Clay, a lot of money to Jordan Poole. What was left for Draymond? So Draymond kind of viewed last season, per reports, as his final season. Um, but that situation happened, and they end up shipping Jordan Poole over to Washington and getting Chris Paul back. Now, Draymond Green, because of the, of Jordan Poole leaving, signs that big that big contract extension on the offseason, and you kind of have your big three back. Like in hindsight, like you have Jordan Poole, you know, wanting to be the next Steph Curry. Would you have signed Jordan Poole? Or would you have kept Poole over Draymond? No, I don't think there's a situation where he works out with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. There's just not room for him on that team to excel. It, it, it's just not a good fit. With that being said, he'd be a great fit for someone that could use a player like him. Yeah, we'll see in we'll see in Washington where players go to gun, get their get get their stats, but never win. Him and Kyle Kuzma are both probably going to average plus or twenty five points plus and finish in like the tenth or eleventh seed. Um, they, I, I mentioned they got Chris Paul for, uh, for Jordan Poole over the summer, adding Chris Paul now with Draymond back, the big threes back with Chris Paul. You mentioned they can get to the Western, they can get out of the West. Where do you kind of slot them 
um, Vegas or the, all the betting sites have them third over the Lakers. Is that too high? Like, what, what, what where, like, as far as where in the, where in the Western Conference do you kind of slot them going into the season? See, it's interesting with the Lakers and the Warriors because I don't think they necessarily have to have a good record. They're not a team that cares about a good record. Not to say that they're not going to win a lot of games, but at the end of the day, they're just looking at the final picture, both of them. The Warriors don't, they're not the young Warriors who have this many wins per season. They don't care about all that. Um, so, I would see the Warriors being maybe four or five. Um, Lakers, I could see them dropping to four or five also, maybe three. I don't think these teams have a desire to win every night. Um, it, it's just not what their main goal or focus is here. It's to win a championship. So you're thinking Nuggets one, Phoenix two, Golden State, Lakers, Golden State three, four. Is there any deviation to that? No, that's... Sounds right. It's a lot of love for, like, you know, we didn't put this on our topic stuff, but it's a lot of love for Kevin Durant. Just because he has the two gunners behind him with an okay bench. I mean, they traded for Yusuf Nurkic. Like, he's going to be a top four guy. Like, is that too much respect for Kevin Durant? Like, yes, he's, what, 35 now? 34, 35 with two gunners? Like, with no real point guard, is that too high for him? Like, are we overrating Kevin Durant, or is this kind of just how? I mean, it is? my rating's not on Kevin based on Kevin Durant. It's on Devin Booker. He's phenomenal. He's he's the best player on that team. I don't think it's Kevin Durant. Not not at this time and day. At Kevin Durant being thirty five, uh, we've seen Durant struggle at the end of games. Sure, he could still make some shots and come up clutch and maybe take over, um, but. He's no Devin Booker in my eyes. I think Devin Booker is definitely the number one on that team. That's, yeah, usually when you start with the Phoenix Suns, you start with Kevin Durant. But, yeah, it's a great take because Devin Booker is on the come up. I just wish he could take double teams better and play better defense. But, yeah, Devin Booker is a sniper. He could potentially be a MVP candidate. Who, who knows if he puts up. If Kevin Durant's able to draw some double teams, he exactly. could up 30, 30 yep. 35 he points. He should be. He should be an MVP candidate because you have the best defender guarding Durant. So he should be averaging 34 points a game. Right. It'll, it'll, it'll be fun for them because the, the, the Western Conference is just going to be an absolute bloodbath. Uh, but then if Devin Booker is able to transcend, get, get up to a next level, I can see him definitely as a MVP candidate. So before we leave today, Gons, was there anything we missed that you want to talk about um, during, you know, we haven't potted since the um, they came back for training camp and media day. Anything you want to hit before we leave today? Before we go, who had a better career? Steph, Stephon Marbury or Allen Iverson? Iverson. Why? Iverson, like, do you... As far as cult- culturally and for the, for the brand, like, do you re- do you remember Star- uh, Stefan Marbury outside of the two thousand one um, All Star game and the Starberry shoes? And I him I teaming do, up with, with, with but with, I'm with also Minnesota. Take, I'm taking into account his career in China. Why? Oh, he's he's great in China. Like, why? Why would you take that into account? He was a god in China. I mean. Kobe's a Kobe's a bigger content, but yeah, no um, NBA NBA career. If I'm not if I'm not going to take China into account, Allen Iverson, he was a cultural icon uh, for the game. Like 
where I, I kind of view it as Michael Jordan. He was a party. He took a lot of the, the, the culture um, from Michael Jordan, kind of brought it into the 2000s with his with his swag, with his clothing. Um, he he brought the cult. He brought more of his culture to the game. That's more that was that helped define the early 2000s as opposed to Stefan Marbury. Stefan Marbury, if you're going to equate the 1 billion people in China as a potential reason why that he might be, might have a better career than Allen Iverson, if you're looking at basketball-wise, I can, you, you, you can take that into account. But then he never, Stefan Marbury never led a, an NBA team to the NBA Finals. Yes, they got lost in five to the maybe the greatest team of all time in the 2001 Lakers. But so Allen Iverson, even though... His his career kind of flamed out in the early in in the in the in, in his thirties early thirties and he never went overseas to kind of expand his game over there. I'm still going to say Allen Iverson. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but as far as China goes, like, what about China? His what about China makes Stefan Marbury such a great choice for you? Well, for one, longevity. He played a lot longer than Iverson. Iverson had a career, but just like every other little guard, wasn't able to sustain a long, a long career as like Stefan Marbury, who I think just retired a couple years ago. Second, Stefan Marbury's handles and passing destroyed Allen Iverson. Iverson was wow. a scorer. I don't. You might be on your own island about that take. Right? Iverson was a scorer. Jesus. Iverson, look. I, I loved I loved Stefan Marbury. He was one of my favorite players. And um, when he wasn't losing his mind, all you know, there was games. His passing ability was uncanny. You think Iverson was a great passer? I don't. You think Iverson, in terms of passing for sure, and then handles? Okay, I get it. He's a crossover. It's AI. But his crossover was all about beating you one on one to score. Where Stefan would use his handles to get other people open. So maybe my my maybe my take would be like Stefan Marbury was a better point guard. But I'd like to revisit the topic maybe on our on our other podcast and see uh, our our YouTube channel and see what the other guys think. We we could use a maybe a, a retrospective of Stefan Marbury's career because they're like a I know another podcast I've done like you must have forgotten and then they, they featured some people. But Stefan Marbury, something for the YouTube, TikTok, or, or shorts page, a, a, a minute long or a few minutes long, just to make sure people didn't forget about Stefan Marbury. Because Stefan Marbury was a, was a pretty good player, very good player. So that's maybe, maybe something to help teach these kids out in the streets, cons. Yeah. Think, do a video. We'll yeah, post Coney it Island's we'll very own. Um, if you guys didn't watch, if you watch T. That Game, supposedly that movie was based on... on the Fawn Marbury story. Fair enough. So, yep, Stefan Marbury, put that out there. I, I'll edit it and put it on our socials. So, um, anything else, Gons? Nah, man, that's it. And that'll be it for us today. My apologies if this sounds a little bit different today. There was some mic issues on my end. I'll try to clean that up for next time. Um, please uh, watch our uh, video podcast, The Hoop Bar, on YouTube and short of YouTube Shorts, and we also find clips on. Instagram, and also TikTok. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next time.